Welcome, one and all, to the Film Harmonic with your hosts, Noah East and Andy Ferguson. We are so very glad you decided to join us as we discuss and dissect films, both current and bygone. You can find the Film Harmonic podcast on Apple Podcasts, where we encourage you to leave us a review and a pleasant rating, and on Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Alexa, Stitcher, Buzzsprout, and SoundCloud. And you can send review requests for the Throwback Challenge to thefilmharmonic at gmail.com. On episode 9, we're going to start with Rocket Man, the Elton John biopic starring Taron Egerton. Then a double-barreled Five Good Questions segment where I will ask Noah about the new Monster Mash Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And he will interrogate me about Octavia Spencer's indie thriller Ma. And we have a fun music-centric pick six where we rank the six best rappers turned actors. Which leads us into the throwback challenge to close out the show where Andy watched the William Friedkin 70s classic film Sorcerer, and I took on the John Sayles early 90s Texas noir Lone Star. But first, Andy, so this technically doesn't count as a movie movie, I suppose, but I did watch the Deadwood movie. Mm-hmm. The other day, I don't know. Have you seen the, the the series Deadwood? I've not seen a minute of it, and I've always been told that I would love it. I don't know if you'd love it, but it's good. It's pretty pretty darn good. Okay. Um, um, I really enjoyed the movie because it was like a really long episode that felt like a more of a a final finale that the show never really got. So it wraps it up really well. It wraps it up really, really well, and it's just nice to visit with old friends that you haven't seen in a long time. Okay. You know? So it was it was a nice, warm experience. I uh, have read a lot of good responses to it. Yeah. I'll say that. It's a solid movie. It makes me want to get into the series and finally, you know, just do it. Um, Gerald McRaney. Do you remember the, the television show when we were growing up, Major Dad? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, he's he's the bad guy. Whoa, right? okay. He's the bad guy. He's in the series also? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know much about it. Yeah, well, it, if you're like me and you don't care for Timothy Oliphant, then, um, you know, your mileage may vary. You, you know I like him a little more than you do. I but do. I also love Ray McKinnon, who is... Pretty heavily involved in the show, I heard. He's in the show, yeah. Okay. He's he's the preacher. That's all I need to yeah, get invested. That's all, that's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> so if you have an HBO Go account, those of you out there, check out the Deadwood movie, because um, it's, it's out now, and it's pretty darn good. Okay. So anyhow, to kick off the show, we're going to start with the de facto film of the week, the Elton John music biopic starring and sung by Taron Egerton and co-starring Jamie Bell and Richard Madden. You guessed it, we are talking about Rocket Man. Rocket Man. So, we, in months past, while this movie was being hyped up, we really didn't know if we were going to end up seeing it and talking about it on the show. Wasn't sure. Wasn't sure if we were going to or not. Um, you know, I don't think either one of us are fanatics of Elton John. I mean, I can respect the talent, and I've always, you know, respected him from afar, his his, his music. Yeah, I like Elton John. Yeah. But I, I, I wouldn't say I love Elton John. Yeah, we're not, like, like super, him. super in line for this movie. Like, whoa, I cannot yeah. wait to see this. I like him more than Billy Joel. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know where to begin here. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know a lot about Taron Edgerton before this. The only thing I had ever seen him in was The Kingsman. And I have never seen either Kingsman movie. Hmm. Uh, I did know about Eddie the Eagle, uh, oh, which was also directed by Dexter Fletcher, who directed this movie. Yeah. It's like a okay. re- they reunite for this. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Eddie the Eagle. So I really haven't really seen anything with him until this. Okay. Uh, he's perfectly cast, I'll say that. He is. Could the, could you think of anyone who could be better suited for this role? Yeah, I, I, I at first I was thinking that he was too handsome to play Elton John, but then mm-hmm. I was kind of looking at old footage of Elton John. I was like, mm-hmm. actually, he kind of does got the same jaw and like yeah, yeah. some similar features, stature-wise especially. My girlfriend um, said that Taron Edgerton looks more like Elton John than Elton John looks like Elton John. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Especially later on throughout the movie when he starts losing his hair, mm-hmm. he looks more and more like You're Elton right. John. You're right. I think so. Yeah. Um, honestly, he anchors this thing. Um, he keeps this thing from completely going off the rails because I think he's very good in it. 
Yes, he is quite committed to this role. He really, I will you, say it, that it it shows. It does. It does. Uh, we, we this is a funny time in in um, kind of Hollywood movies where um, and audiences are showing that they're really interested in these types of movies. Mm-hmm. With Bohemian Rhapsody, where it was a huge, huge smash hit, uh, people are, are are kind of like so sucked into the lead performances too it's almost like let's hand the oscar over to whoever plays the 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 focus of a of a musical biopic now yeah and people are already talking about taron edgerton not only getting a nomination but let's just give him the award already <laughs> I, I think he's better than rami malik was sure yeah. sure uh, and and this isn't necessarily a new thing i mean jamie fox won an oscar for for ray yeah it's just kind of um, getting back into it you again. know joaquin phoenix almost won one reese witherspoon did win one and she wasn't even the main focus in it audiences and critics have both shown that they really like the music biopic as far as as far as a star making machine can mm-hmm. can be mm-hmm. jamie fox was pretty big but not not gigantic until ray came along yeah it gave jamie fox more opportunities after that and I think that's exactly what it's going to do for Taron Edgerton here. Probably, probably. I think this is a big star-making turn for him. We're going to start seeing him everywhere. I would imagine so. I would imagine so. Yeah, and and, and for good reason. He's he's very good in this. He's very committed to the role. He's the best part of the movie, easily. Uh, which leads us to the rest of the movie. So, <laughs> um, I, I I'll, I'll be honest. For the most part, I had fun with this. I didn't. Okay. I didn't love it, but mm-hmm. I would say I liked it for the most part i think that's the the safest way for me to to express how i feel i don't it's hard for me to get there uh this movie has a lot of energy it has energy to spare sometimes too much (laughs) yes and and i see where they're going you know his life and his music and his style all is kind of you know overblown in a way and this movie goes in that direction sure and i get why it does it but sometimes it feels spastic you know yeah and uh, and can i say this are any of the trailers and advertisements leading up to it for the last several months did did anything lead you to believe that it was going to be an all-out musical with numbers and and breaks in in dialogue even that just go right into songs nothing did no that did that would have been a big shock if i hadn't read or heard something about that just days leading and i didn't i didn't know anything about oh really Mm-hmm. It threw me uh, off guard. Well, and it throws you off guard within the first 30 seconds of the film. It, it goes does. right into a big musical number. It does. It, almost as if it wanted to do what La La Land did, where it mm-hmm. had that huge, impressive musical number at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. This didn't didn't fully commit to that. But, but it tells you right out of the gate, hey, this is a big... We're trying to do a Hollywood musical here. It does, but the, the trailers do not tell you anything. No, the trailers don't lead you to believe like that. And so I thought that was kind of bizarre. Uh, so it took me a minute to like really get into this movie. Um, <laughs> I gotta say, other than Edgerton, I can't say I liked a single performance. And I have to say that Bryce Dallas Howard is very distracting in this movie. Extremely distracting. Not right for the role. I, I don't. I mean, her accent's not even that good. It's not very like, good. Why wouldn't you have just why cast they do a that? British person? Why did they do that? I don't understand. I leaned over. Uh, Lara thought it was like Jessica Chastain or somebody. I, I don't remember who she thought that it was. She kind of looks like her. And I go, I go, no, that's Ron Howard's daughter. And she goes, <laughs> really? I was like, yeah. I just, I don't understand why she's in the film. Not right for the role. Could, I mean, you could have cast just a, an actual British person who wouldn't have struggled with the accent the way Which she is, did. Everyone else is an actual British person I know. In this movie. That's why it's so surprising. And listen, I think we both like Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, I love Bryce If Dallas she's cast Howard. right. Yeah. She's not cast right this in this is, movie. This is bad casting, and it makes her look bad. And and the way they age her doesn't really work. It, she, they, later on, they get it kind of right, but, when she's a much older. Yeah, but, but she doesn't really seem... She doesn't age at all. No. Until way later That's on. also distracting. It's very distracting, because yeah. at some point, she looks the same age as her son. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what is going on here? Um, see, I, I didn't have a, a big problem with this with the cast, honestly, mm. other than her. Um, uh, other than they don't really get a whole lot to do. No. Specifically, I like Jamie Bell in it. He's fine in it. I like Jamie Bell as an actor, always have, but I've never loved him. And and, and this, he's kind of reduced to a bunch of cute smirks for me. I don't know what it is. He kind of just That's ends fair. up looking all cute and smirking and playing the role of Toppin. But uh, he's fine. He's fine in it. Um, Richard Madden, uh, who plays the love interest, who, that tumultuous love 
kind of affair that they go on um, in their personal and professional life. I don't know if he gets enough to do. Uh, yeah, other it digs just, into it a little bit. Yeah, he's just smarmy and sinister the whole time. He doesn't really. Yeah, he's kind of like a caricature. Not, yeah, it's not, it's not a very well written character. It was almost done well for me. I I was a little distracted with Tate Donovan as the, um, <laughs> the almost like he's the club manager, the, at the troubadour. troubadour. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like doing a Dennis Quaid impression, and I didn't yeah. really like it very much. Like <laughs> this, like hippie stoner, like super affectionate guy. He took me out of it a little bit. I gotta yeah, say, I, even I, though I he's not a big part of it, yeah. but in those key troubadour scenes, he took me out of it a little bit. Yeah, but some of the way that that the fantastical stuff is directed is a lot of fun. The, Some of it, the, yes. that, that, that concert at the Troubadour where he mm-hmm. starts lifting off the mm-hmm. piano. That's done well. And then the whole crowd starts, you know? Sure. Like, it, it's in, it really gets you engaged. I agree. That, that moment and, and why that was a big moment for his career, that sort that, of thing. That is a well-done scene, but then there's the other end of it when they literally show you a rocket man. And it's like, it's just the effects don't even look good at this point. That's true. Do we really need a literal rocket man in this movie? No. <laughs> I, I got to say the the cons outweighed the pros for me. They just really? did. Yeah. See, and that's and I feel the exact opposite. The the pros just barely outweighed the cons for me. I get it. I get it. I'm and that's it. the overall consensus because I've read nothing but positive things about this movie. Really? You have? Yeah. Oh, see, I'm a little yeah. surprised. Yeah. See, I'm gonna give it three. I yeah. I actually enjoyed it more than I didn't. And I'm I'm not gonna go too too far down i mean because because the energy's good and edgerton is perfectly cast mm-hmm. i don't think he's oscar worthy let me say that but i don't if think rami he... malik's gonna get an oscar not and win then he certainly deserves one yeah because he this is a better movie than bohemian rhapsody much he's better. better in it than rami malik is he'll get nominated he won't win it is it isn't kind of an important note to say that Dexter Fletcher the director was the director hired on to finish Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. after Brian Singer was kind of brushed aside. Yeah. Kind of a bizarre thing that he's involved in both of these movies. And you can you can kind of see his fingerprint a little bit now mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. that we he's got a whole feature length film of of work for us to uh, in the same mm-hmm. genre for us to look back and be like, "Oh, I can I can see his fingerprint on some of the some of the sequences in Bohemian Rhapsody. Listen, he has some talents. There's some sequences, like we mentioned, the Troubadour sequence, and there's a few others that are well done. The Betty and the Jets sequence is good. Oh, that's a really good one. But in the end, for me, it bookends with this therapy session where, why is anyone else there? No one else gets to speak. Why isn't he just one-on-one with someone? It's clunky. And that's a little, I don't know. And then it ends, like, kind of abruptly. Very abruptly. And it's like, okay, it's explaining Elton John's life since then. It's like, okay, we're done. Yeah. So I just couldn't, I couldn't get on the side of the movie fully. I do like, I do want to applaud it for not, for embracing his sexuality. Yes. In a way that Bohemian Rhapsody was, seemed to be too afraid to do. I agree with that. This has a full on love scene in it. It does. You know, which Bohemian Rhapsody did not. Yes. And and that's another way it's a far superior movie to that. Yeah. um, Which, you know, most movies are. So I, I'm I'm giving it credit for that. I'm going to go two and a half. Two and a half. That's yeah. fair. That's that's fair. I I understand that. Yeah. You know, I'm just giving it that extra half star just because I don't know. I had fun with it at least. Yeah, and you know what? I respect the movie for you know for the stuff you just mentioned, and for the fact that you know it was willing to go R rated totally as well, which a lot of movies like this just never get to. Yeah, they're just they're too afraid to mm-hmm. so well box office numbers are hurt just by being r-rated well this is gonna make a ton of money so I, I, I is it going to pass aladdin mm. this week should it should okay that'd be good i thought you were gonna say will it pass rhapsody no never no it won't it won't <laughs> which queen, is sad queen is just more um ubiquitous mm-hmm. in in just especially american culture that's true. which is funny because they're a British band, right? But um, the, the more more people like Queen, I think, than Elton John's more music. universal because they hit that whole sports aspect. Too. Exactly, exactly. Um, gun to my head, I'd take Elton John over him. I would too. So maybe that's another reason why I like this movie more. All right, moving on with the show. It's time for another five good questions segment this week. We drew straws, so to speak, and Noah grabbed his 3D glasses on the way to the theater to see Godzilla, King of the Monsters, while I took a stab at the newest Octavia Spencer vehicle, the simply titled Ma. 
So, um, I, as, as you know, I like to go to have you go first. So let's, let's talk about Ma. Okay. What um, do you have for me? So, um, my first question is, obviously this is Octavia Spencer's baby here, you know, mm-hmm. and er- all of the early reviews are saying that, that, you know, it's a, it's a batshit, fully balls to the wall performance. Is anyone else in the cast... Uh, worth discussing discussing negatively or positively or uh, what do you mean i was I, gonna say positively okay so positively i guess sort of i could say juliette lewis is okay with what she has to work with in this movie um, she plays the mother of the semi-main character the teenage daughter She's uh, who's also girl, in Booksmart. Yeah, that girl's in Booksmart. Okay. Yeah, her gotcha. name is um, Diana Silvers. She's okay. brand new. She has like four credits to her name. Really? And she's had two movies in the last two weeks. That's that's big. So Juliette Lewis plays her mother? She plays her mother. Uh, the premise is this uh, mother-daughter who, uh, she's there's no father in the picture, move back to their Ohio hometown after the marriage dissolves in California. Their marriage took them out to where the, the, the man had a big job in California. The marriage fell apart. And they moved back to the mother's hometown in a small town in, in Ohio. And this is where they link up with uh, Octavia Spencer's character eventually because this girl and her new group of friends want to buy alcohol for a party that they kind of want to throw even though they don't know where to throw it. And they go to a liquor store and just ask everyone entering, will you buy us liquor? And, you know, after several attempts, at no one wanting anything to do with it, they run into Octavia Spencer's character, who is reluctant at first, but decides to ultimately help them out and then offer up her own basement at her home to hang out. So uh, can you answer this without giving anything away? Why does she agree to do it? Uh, this person, as you find out in this movie without giving too much away, is a lonely individual. She's lived in this town her whole life. We find out in flashbacks things that happened to her when she was also in high school. So there's a lot of backstory that's kind of done all right. Um, It gets you involved, mostly because Octavia Spencer's so good in this. Um, So you kind of see why she would want to do this. And what I like about it is that she's not a sadistic character at heart. She just became that way over time through things that happened to her in her life. Mm -hmm. Is there much of a body count in this Um, I've got to say this. This movie is pretty subdued and not really about straight horror for 90% of it. Really? Um, it's more psychological? It's about an hour. Yeah, it's about an hour and 40 minutes. And I would say the last 20 to 25 are really where things go batshit. Really? Which works to the movie's advantage somewhat. Um, you know, I, I, I appreciated some of the character development, even though it's clunky in the script a little bit. But it mostly stays away from the just, like, all-out body count. Uh, and that it, would you say that that's a strength of the film? That it doesn't focus on that? Overall, yet there's a lot of scenes with the kids and alone without Octavia anywhere around, and most of the child, the, the teenage actors are not good. Really, mm-hmm. that's a shame. Outside of Diana Silvers, who's okay, she's better in Booksmart than she is in this because she has better dialogue to work with. There's some bad performances in this really? movie. Yes, some distractingly bad performances. Well, let's let's not pick on children. So yeah, true. Uh, so let's get to the elephant in the room. Mm. Tell me about Octavia. She sinks her teeth into this. Yeah. Um, she's, she, I would say, although I don't particularly like this movie, she's a reason to see it. Really? If you ever just want to sit around and watch, you know, kind of entertaining psychological thriller that you would assume might be a throwaway, you'll forget about it after you watch it, even though you kind of, you know, you wouldn't regret watching it. This would be because of her, this works enough. Mm-hmm. Um, she really is quite good in this and it gives her a reason to kind of branch out a little bit I don't think she's done a role quite like this before no, I think even close to this I think that's why people are making such a big deal about it because it's, mm-hmm. it's a it's a heel turn for her it's fun and yeah. I hope it's I hope it does well for her sake uh, she is very good in this movie good yeah good and is it does it seem a product of its director 
Um, if you can even recall who directed Tate it. Tate Taylor directed this, which is funny because Tate Taylor made the help with Octavia Spencer. Really? This this seems miles away from Yeah, but he progressed there. I was taking a look and he made The Girl on the Train with Emily oh, Blunt, which yeah. was one of the worst movies I've seen in years. Everyone hated that. It movie. is a very bad movie, it? but it's a progression towards a more kind of psychological thriller. Darker material. Yeah, and this goes full dark. Um, I will say there is one very disappointing usage of an actor in this movie, which is Allison Janney is in this movie. Oh, really? I didn't see her in any of the trailers. No. Um, she is uh, a veterinarian. Uh, Octavia Spencer's character is a secretary at a, a veterinary hospital, and she works for Allison Janney. And Allison Janney is used poorly in this movie. Hmm. She's kind of there as a device. She's a shitty boss who screams at, I figured. at her, and you know something's <laughs> going to happen to her eventually later on. But uh-huh. it's Allison Janney, and anyone could have played this part. Really? It just doesn't seem right. Hmm. And it, it, it was a waste of a good actor. So what ultimately are you giving the film? Uh, if, you know, j- almost just like uh, Rocket Man, I f- you know, I, there was enough at the central performance uh, there and she gives it everything <laughs> that it balanced it out enough for me to go two and a half as well i see yeah. um would you recommend me see it not in the theater of course <laughs> wait no. for it to come on netflix I, like i said if you're gonna just if you're sitting around one night and you're like man i just could really use a, a tense like almost one location movie like you love i do love those most of the movies set in her basement uh, I'm sure that this will be on Netflix around Christmas time. So. Probably. So I'll, I don't know I'll how well it's then. doing or if it will do well at all. I think it will do pretty well. I hope it does. I think it'll do fairly well. Though I don't love this movie at People all. People like her, and kids will want to see it. High school, high school kids will, will want to see it because it's... Because it's They'll connect with the characters. Yeah, and it, they love seeing slasher movies like this. Whether or not it's a slasher, it looks like one. Oh, when it gets to the violence, it, it'll give those type of people enough to take in. And they'll enjoy it. So there's right. plenty of violence when it happens. Alright, well that is Ma. Um, what do you got for me? Godzilla, King of the Monsters. That was a debate. Yes. Is it Godzilla, King of Monsters? No, it's Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Of all of them. Um, the first thing I have to ask you about this movie is, is it a direct continuation of the previous, do you know, the Godzilla movie from three or four years ago? Mm-hmm. It is. It it picks up where that uh, leaves it, off? It doesn't pick up right where it left off, but it's it's dealing with the same thing that, okay. that happened there. It's a continuation of that story. So a lot of the same cast. Then. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. But it's a different director, right? I think it is. If you say so. Okay. Like, it matters. It's a Godzilla movie. So most people that are really hyped about these movies don't really care about plot. They're going to these movies in the theater to see grandiose monster fights. Does this movie give them what they want? Does it give them grandiose monster fights? Yes, it absolutely does. Okay, because I know that was a problem with the previous one, that it took so much time to get to Godzilla... Mm-hmm. This movie does not. Nope. Gets right into it. Lots of monsters. <laughs> lots of grandiose <laughs> monster fights. Um, okay. It delivers on that. Definitely. Okay. Well, on the other end of the coin, as far as acting and plot is concerned, there's a lot of good actors in this movie. There are. Do any of them get anything to work with? Not a goddamn one. None of them. No one does. So let's name some of them. You've got Vera Farmiga. Kyle Chandler. Ken Watanabe. Sally Hawkins. Sally Hawkins is in this. Um, I, I, the, 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 the girl from Stranger Things. Millie Bobby Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, Belle Bib DeVoe. Bobby Brown. No one? No one movie. is good in this movie. The nope. di- is, is the dialogue bad? The dialogue is very, very bad. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's a terrible script. So this is relying on just monster sequences. <sighs> If it did rely on just the monster sequences, it would have been okay. But it spends way too much time focusing on the humans and their shitty problems. So and a lot of plot. There's w- way too much plot um, for, for this thing. They, they don't spend enough time with the monsters. And the monsters are great in this. Oh, okay. The movie looks terrific. I was just about to ask, how are the effects? They're terrific. Really? The movie looks really, really good. Wow, okay. It just can't... St- get out from its own under its own feet 
uh, because it wants to hammer home this the human element, but mm. it's but its human element in the script is poorly written. And therefore, the char- the actors can't do anything with their characters. You, you would think these Godzilla movies would learn from that after all these years. That that Matthew Broderick one yeah. in the nineties tried to do the same thing. That one was bad. They tried too. to humanize it, and it's not. I don't get it. This movie looks terrific. It's just it the the story is just so bad, and they they just continue to commit to it. They commit way too much time to it. Does it? This is the ultimate question, mm-hmm. and it seems like. Yes is always the answer to this with these movies, but does it set it up for more? It just does it leave you going, "Oh great, now we're going to get more here soon." Yep. Yeah, you can <laughs> tell that they're they they're plugging right along. They're they're doing It has those the 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 trailer or the the credits have the newspaper clippings of of, you know, here we found another monster out here and there's oh, ooh, great. look what else they found. You know, it's it's so the the credits are all just leading up to another movie, and these movies don't necessarily do very well. The Godzilla movies, in particular, don't do that well in America, but they do so well overseas and specifically, like, you yeah, know, Japan and things like that. And you also have to take into into account how much money they cost to make these movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so you're not really in the end, you're not making a ton off of this stuff. It's true. So I wonder why they keep doing it. I'm fascinated. He he is the king of the monsters, <laughs> though, um, in, in that there is a scene near the end where all of the other monsters genuflect before him. Oh. And and he roars. They're conceding. He yeah. roars, and they, they all bow to Wow. Him. So How he's, beautiful. He's actually the king of the monsters. Good Godzilla for him. himself looks great in this. Good for him. The, all the monsters look really cool. Well, not all. Most of the monsters look really cool. There's one in particular, um, the King uh, Ghidorah, mm-hmm. the three-headed dragon with uh, wings and all that. Um, looks awful. It's really bad CGI, which is shocking because Godzilla looks so good and Mothra looks so good. How could they um, drop the ball on one monster it, if they're doing everything else so well? It looks well? really bad. Hmm. Look, it looks like it's from a CW sh- show or Whoa. something. It's, it's really, he looks really bad. But the, all the other monsters look terrific. Um, and um, I, I made this joke on Letterboxd, but it's, it's dead true. Kyle Chandler is sopping wet. Through like ninety three percent of this movie, he's he's constantly just dripping in the entire film. It's it's, it's he spends insane. most of that Showtime series the same way. I forget the name of it. And there's so much really bad dialogue, like um, when characters like trying to re- to sit down and relate to one another, and like it's just it's painful dialogue. It's painful to see Vera Farmiga do so much of this in this point in her career too. She's kind of the bad guy in the movie, also. Wow. Okay. Um, and it's just. There's no rhyme or reason for her heel turn in this. She just, she's Kyle Chandler's ex-wife, and then out of nowhere, she just, she, goes, she turns bad. And there's no really no explanation as to why. It's the characters just do things that don't make any sense, and they and they don't get explained. I'm not even going to ask you if I should go see this because I didn't want to see it to begin with. Yeah, I'm glad you did it. <laughs> I chose this one because I thought, you know, if I got stoned and saw it in the theater, I'd have a blast. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm kind of wishing I'd seen Ma because this movie's not very good. What do you give it? Two and a half. A lot of two and a halfs flying around today. I figured it was going to be a two and a half kind of day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, what did you give my? I didn't even ask. Two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I'm not surprised. Yeah. So next week will not be like that. Probably not. For sure. But that's okay. For sure. Uh, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we have a really fun pick six for you. We're going to discuss the six best rappers turned actors. So stick around. I can't tell you how I feel.
Welcome back, you goofs. We got a fun pick six for you. We're ranking the six best rappers turned actors in cinema history. It's a tricky one, since the list of musicians successfully trying their hand at acting is painfully short and littered with ten Ringo stars for every Tom Waits. And uh, rappers are no exception, but we're going to chisel it down to the six best ones. So let's dig right in. Andy, starting with you, who's number six on your list of the best rappers turned actors? Very tough list, although almost kind of easy because there's so few that could go on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so we might not have a whole lot of difference, but the order might the be. The order will yeah. definitely be. Yeah. So number six for me is going to be Andre Benjamin. Same here. Really? Yeah. Got him at number six on my list, too. I think the reason he was that low, I mean, we both love this guy. Yeah. But I think just the amount of work. Not a lot of, not a ton yet. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just, and hopefully he continues to do more. In 10 years, he'll probably be higher on the probably, list. Probably, because the guy can do anything well. Yes, he's an extremely <laughs> smart guy. He's, 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 he's smarter than either of us. Oh, absolutely. So... Yeah, I mean, you know, I would say, you know, fun performances and stuff like stuff I even forgot about a little bit. Four Brothers, he's really good in, you know, and that, you know, that movie's not phenomenal or anything, but it is a fun movie, and he's one of the biggest reasons why. He played Jimi Hendrix. It's true. I didn't see it, did you? No, but I heard it was bad, but... He looks right for the part. But, I, but he, apparently he's good in it, at least. Uh, yeah, um, you know... Bamboozled? He's in Bamboozled, isn't he? You know? And he's got a good good role in High Life, yeah. which we talked about recently. Yeah, he's 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 very with what he has to work with. He's good in High Life. He didn't get a lot to do, but he's solid in it. I, I can see that he's got quite a film career burgeoning if if he chooses to continue to go down that path. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. He'll be good at it. All right. Well, he's both of our number six. So, mm-hmm. who's number five on your list? Uh, number five for me is after looking through the filmography, I. Realize I had to put her on. Um, I don't necessarily like the majority of what she's done as far as movies are concerned. Oh, my God. We both have Queen Latifah at number five. <laughs> we, have, we have the same six and the same five. This yeah. is going to be a very strange list. If, I, I, I don't, going I don't you know, necessarily love her as an actress. No, but she is good. She's very capable. She is. And I, I remember uh, I have fond memories of when I was young, being obsessed with the movie Set It Off. I was getting ready to say, I think Set It Off is her best performance. It still is, I think. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's really good in it. I admire her in Chicago. She's fine in it. Sure. As much as I don't like that movie, she's good in it. And you know what? She's done a lot of rom-coms that are just passable, like not very good, bringing down the house, things like that. Yeah, she's She was the, the voice in all the Pizza Hut commercials like 10 years ago. She, she did Cover Girls. She commercial. is the dispatch voice in Bringing Out the Dead. Oh, well. is she really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I never She's on Dispatch the that. whole movie. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, so she kind of shows up yeah. all over the place. So, yeah, yeah I, 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 for me, I just didn't think that I could make this list without putting her on it. She deserved to, to be on this list. She's also in that Will Ferrell movie back in the mid-2000s, Stranger Than Fiction. Remember that? She is in that? She is I, in that. I haven't seen it in a while. It's been a long time. Yeah. But she is in that, too. Huh. I mean, so, I mean... She's she's solid enough. She's proven that she can do it. Plus, um, what was the show that she was on? Mm. There was that show in the in the nineties, TV show. God, uh, I don't remember. Living Single. She was in the show Living Single. Okay, okay, yeah. I kind of vaguely remember. That's that. kind of where she got her big start okay. acting wise. Yeah. Was in Living Single. So. She's absolutely deserving to be on this list well i know that we're not going to have the same number. there's four. no way we're not going to have the same number or anything the there's rest of the there's time. no way we're going to have the same number we're four. not because my number four is not going to be anywhere on your list i know this who you got this is um this is somebody who is much much more successful as a rapper uh, most people consider him one of the greatest of all time i thought he was pretty impressive as a as an actor it's tupac shakur huh Interesting. Um, now, I didn't necessarily love his music, like most people do. <laughs> Me either. I'm oh. not a Tupac fan. I, I in the Tupac ver- versus Biggie thing. I've always been a notorious B.I.G. guy. I don't like either of them enough mm-hmm. of their music. Um, so I, I kind of just went off. Uh, when Tupac was acting, I was really kind of branching out with my music taste or a movie taste. Um, and so I saw Juice early on and thought it was awesome. He was really good in it. I saw Above the Rim really early on. He was, like, capable. Poetic Justice with um, Janet Jackson. Jackson. yeah. He was a solid actor. Yeah. It, it's fun to think about 
you know, what he could have done um, had he gotten more time on the screen. But, you know, uh, just a short, short career in acting. But I thought he was good enough to have on this list. Kind of reminds you of Andre Benjamin a little bit. He does, kind of. Yeah. 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 I mean, he, he did a movie right before he died with James Belushi, of all people. Really? Yeah. Um, it was called Gang Related, and it was like a corrupt cop movie. And okay. it should not have been any good at all, but it was actually pretty solid. They were both weirdly, they had a weird chemistry that kind of huh. worked. So I like him enough to all have right. him here. Interesting. So you definitely don't have him. I, I don't have Tupac on my list just because I haven't seen enough of his stuff, and I've just never been much of a Tupac fan, so... I don't have the, um, I don't have any sort of like affinity for him to to make him to have to reserve a spot on the list for him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I can't say that same thing about the person who's number four on my list. Um, I and this person kind of more counts as like an actor, actor turned rapper turned actor again. But Donald Glover mm-hmm. is number four on my list. I was waiting for him. For yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, if anything, I bet you're surprised that he's not higher. A little um, bit, yeah. Yeah, I just. Uh, and we talked about him a little while ago uh, on a few few throwback or a few pick sixes ago. Yes, we did. Um, I just I think what he's done is in his acting career, uh, both on television and on film. Um, I just think he's got a hell of a lot of range, and he's really clever and he's smart. And I just I he's got a lot of charisma, and so he's he's engaging to watch on screen. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I definitely had to put him on here. The, I, uh, he's not on my list, as you probably expected. But yeah. I, I, I respect the guy as mm-hmm. a, as a, as an artist. Yeah, I just haven't been completely captivated by him yet in any way. Well, <clears throat> now that we're f- halfway through the list, this is where we really start to get to the heavy hitters, um, specifically like the two main people that you know we're here for. Uh huh. So, <laughs> um, who's number three? on your list number three for me is probably if a lot of if if a lot of if let's just say if a nationwide poll was done you'd have him at number one you know he's a guy who's been a big big movie star for a long time that's will smith Mm -hmm. um it's hard to even think about yeah he did start as a rapper didn't he yes at this point it it's it's easy to forget that yeah um but he he might (laughs) <laughs> Even be a little higher had it not been for the last pff, several years. He's kind of tailed off a lot for me. Either, like, by not working or also by, like, you know, do, the work choices. that he's been doing hasn't been very high caliber like he was making in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Overall, though, a lot of good, strong performances yeah. throughout his entire body of work. Yeah. What, what I love about Will Smith, and I have it, him at number two on my list, so okay. we'll, we'll talk about him in a little bit, but... Uh, what I love about Will Smith is his ability to to he's got range. He can be funny and 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 do comedic stuff, but he's he was a great action star as well. And then he really was very charismatic in his dramatic roles, things like Ali and The Pursuit of Happiness mm-hmm. and Seven Pounds. He 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 has a lot of dramatic range as well. And I think he's one of the most rel- well-rounded actors uh, that you're going to find on any of this list. Yeah, I mean, and even in minor stuff that didn't do well financially, like The Legend of Bagger Vance, mm-hmm. and even Focus from a few years ago was decent. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's likable. But, I mean, we're still talking about the guy that's in Bad Boys, Independence Day, and Men in Black. You mm-hmm. know, like... Those are huge I mean, movies. The, the, he's... He, we used to equate the summer blockbuster with him for for a big stretch. It was almost of time. a joke for a while. Oh, July Fourth rolling around. Yeah, here, where's Will Smith? Where's Will Smith? Hancock's coming out. Okay, <laughs> you know. So I mean, that's he was the biggest movie star in the world for 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 several years. It's true, you know. And for good reason. He, he was so charismatic, and he still is. He's still capable. You're almost yeah. you're almost wondering when is he going to have a huge comeback? Yeah. Because he needs one. See, I'm wondering if my number three is your number two, because Will Smith is my number two. My number three is Mark Wahlberg. My number two is Mark Wahlberg. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's fun that, that your two mm-hmm. and my three are at least flip-flopped. Yeah. Um, because uh, when telling people uh, about the podcast this week, just in conversations, um, this was the discussion that I, I've had probably several times already this week, is Mark Wahlberg or Will Smith? And I just happen to like Will Smith a little bit more, especially as a person, because Mark Wahlberg yeah. kind of sucks as a person. But um, 
I find Will Smith to be more consistent. But when Wahlberg is on, boy, does he shine like a bright, hot star. I mean, I think that the ultimate, ultimately the reason I chose Wahlberg a little bit over Will Smith is because, well, I think the good work outweighs the bad for him. Even with, again, he's going through a Will Smith drought as well right now. Oh, big time. Working with Peter Berg too much, <clears throat> working with Michael Bay too much has he's, kind of ruined his last decade. I just... <clears throat> I don't really buy him as an action star, and he seems hell-bent on being one. I'm sure he's making plenty of money doing it. It's just the roles that I typically like him in are not when he's being an action guy. You know? And there's a lot of good ones. Okay, First one that comes to mind, of course, is Boogie Nights. But you Absolutely. also have Three Kings, which you just recent, recently yeah. talked about. Yeah, um, He starred in the first James Gray film, The Yards, which I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have I Heart Huckabees, which he has a fun turn in. Yeah, that was the first time I'd ever seen him do comedy. And, and he was fun in it. He was a lot of fun in it. And then you got, okay, <clears throat> Christian Bale stole the show in The Fighter, but Wahlberg is, Wahlberg pretty, is pretty good in it. pretty fine in it. I know. I like that movie more than you. You do. I think that's but, one of Russell's weakest. I, I think that uh, Wahlberg's pretty solid in that. And then you just watched We Own the Night the, mm-hmm. last night. Also good in it. And apparently he's great in that. He doesn't have a lot of range, but he can be really good. And sometimes he can be funny. I mean, I, I'm not wild about Ted, but mm. he's funny in it. He's funny in The Other Guys with Will Ferrell. It's true. You know, he can do comedy. He I can. think he tries to do it a little too much now. I think but. so. And and his work with Peter Berg is so self-righteous. Yeah. He's just so frustrating because you know what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. It's just you want to shake his agent. You know? I know. I know. For letting him do all these Peter Berg movies instead of, you know... Mark Wahlberg has said that um, he thinks Boogie Nights is the biggest his biggest regret of his career. Burt Reynolds kind of said that, too. I don't understand that. And, and I know that it's because Wahlberg is a devout Catholic and, <laughs> and regrets how, um, how rambunctious his youth was, you know, and... He 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 thinks that it's a, it's a dirty film or something, um, but uh, it's funny. I think it's by far the the jewel in his crown of, of his filmography. I think there's I don't a think good he'll case ever, to be made for that. Yeah. I don't think he'll ever make something better. Than well, he's always going to make safe decisions from this point out. Yeah. Um, so what does that cover? All the way up to two? We're all the way up to one. Well, we have the same number one. We have Yasin no, Bay. You you have most death. I at do. Number one as well. I do. Yes. I'm blown away because I thought you were going to have Will Smith and you were going to call me crazy. No, but no, I do no, no. think that 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 Yasin Bey, aka Most Def, mm-hmm. is the most talented rapper turned actor. So do I. And, and regardless of the body of work, which is not, he doesn't have an extensive body of work. No, no. But he is by far the most talented. He's he's nominated for an Emmy for Best Supporting Actor in a mm-hmm. miniseries or TV movie mm-hmm. for Something the Lord Made. Yes, that's the name of with that. With Alan Rickman, where he plays the first black heart surgeon in the United States. Mm-hmm. And um, he's terrific in that movie. But he's great in other things. He plays Chuck Berry in Cadillac Records. I never watched that. Neither did I. But he did it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, then, and then you get into, like, 16 Blocks. That is a fun movie. I will defend that movie. It's a very fun movie, and he is he's the so reason it's so good. bonkers fun in that. He's um, fun in The Italian Job. He's a lot of fun. Wahlberg as well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he's a lot of fun in The Italian Job. Mm-hmm. His character's named Leftier, I believe. Because he's been a while. He's deaf in one yeah, ear. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, he's like an ammunitions expert. Another then, movie he's really fun in. Say it. And it's not a very good movie. Hit me. Be Kind Rewind. I know, right? He's a lot of fun in that movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's very... That's the thing. He can do drama and comedy really, really well. Um, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You like that movie a lot more than I do. I know. But I think one of the reasons I like that movie so much is because how much fun he is in that movie. I think he's the best part of that movie, which is crazy, because there's a lot of fun there's performances. fun people in that. I think he's the best part of that movie. And then also, when you flip it around, like you said, the dramatic side, yeah. like supporting roles in earlier films like Monsters Ball and uh, you know The who Woodsman. El- you know who else is good in Monsters Ball? Who's also a rapper and almost made my list? Who? Buff Daddy. That's Sean true. Combs. He actually is good in that. Yeah. But he hasn't acted enough lately, yeah. so. No, that's true. Um, but yes, yeah, the, the Woodsman. He mm. is 
very, very good in The Woodsman. And he, in all of his scenes, he's either with Benjamin Bratt or Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. And both of those guys are good actors, obviously. That movie's and kind of forgotten now. Most holds his own next to Kevin Bacon throughout that entire movie. One of Bacon's best performances. I think people Absolutely. forget about that movie. But yeah. anyway, yeah, Yasin Bey. I mean, he's he's a terrific actor. He just doesn't do it he's enough. He's just a terrific person and performer in and general. And he's even done television. He was in a, a season of Dexter. I did not know that. Um, and he's very good in that as well. Mm. Um, he's just, he's got this ability to play really quirky characters. He's a character actor. Absolutely, he um, is. And I wish he would act more, because he's, he's terrific at it. I think, like Andre, uh, I think they're both going to pursue that more later on in life. I hope so. I, I hope so. Especially if, uh, as much as I love the music that he makes, um, especially as he gets older, you know, rap is kind of a young man's game. And The modern version um, of it is, yes. Even, even the way that he does it, where it's more, like, bluesy and soul, you know, vocals. Um, you know, after a while, I would like to see him start acting more and making less let's music. hope he does let's hope he does so me i'm i'm blown away that we have the same number one but thrilled about it as we well we had very similar lists honestly we, we really did <laughs> but but that's not a big shock considering um, limited you know, what are we gonna do make a list with ludicrous and little bow wow and ti ti ice tea yeah i'm ice not cube, putting ice tea on all the list. ices all yeah, the ices i just i can't vanilla ice yeah just put um, them all on there yeah i just i couldn't do it like so. mike is a terrific piece of work oh boy get bow wow on here oh boy okay well we've come to my favorite part of the show it's the throwback challenge so for the uninitiated the throwback challenge is where we force one another to watch a classic or notoriously underwatched film that each of us has missed throughout the years neither of us know the film that the others selected for each of us beforehand and then we discuss them on the next episode i gave noah the john sales texas murder mystery lone star and he saddled me with the william friedkin bizarro heist film sorcerer so andy let's kick things off with william friedkin's sorcerer Sorcerer. Give people a little rundown of the premise of Sorcerer. Basic rundown of Sorcerer is this movie focuses on four separate individuals who are all four different types of criminals across basically the world, not just the country, who are all fleeing, um, you know, whatever they've done, whether it be robbery or terrorism. They're just four different types of criminals, and they all kind of end up in the same area in south america in south america or central america yeah and they and they're all just kind of waiting things out trying to let things die down figuring out what happens next as they kind of try to lay low and the opportunity comes into play where they the, the community that they're in uh there are large shipments of really sensitive explosives that need to be shipped for over 200 miles via via kind of industrial trucks um, across really rough terrain. And the people who are the head of this company who need this product delivered are recruiting people. They're basically saying, you will be paid handsomely, but you will most likely die. There's a chance that, there's a very good chance <laughs> that you die in the process. So, so if you survive, you'll be, you'll be rewarded handsomely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these four people come together and are chosen. To, Nothing to lose. So two driver or two people per truck, two, four people, two trucks. The first half of this movie, which is pretty much exactly two hours, sets up this mm-hmm. scenario which I would argue does very well because it gives a bunch of time to each individual. Yes. Not It doesn't keep switching back and forth. It says this movie's going to start with one guy and it's going to spend 15 minutes with him. And then you're going to meet fi- your next guy. Another 15 with him, another 15, another 15. And then yeah. it's the kind of thing you don't really see in modern movies. No. 70s films had the patience to do this. Yes, and that's that's the one thing I, I remarked on when I first saw it was how patient the movie is. Mm-hmm. You know, when it first started out, I was like, well, this is this isn't what I thought this movie was about. Mm-hmm. And then I realized what they were doing. I was like, oh, okay. Well, c- keep going. You, you've captured my interest. And you, you have to be patient with this film because it is very patient as well. And if you're willing to do that, it's pretty damn rewarding. So I'm already a, a fan of the 70s style of filmmaking, so I was on board with this movie immediately. It had been a long time that I'd been wanting to see this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you finally gave it to me. Um, it, it, 
it's so funny to, to, to look at where this movie landed in Friedkin's career because he made The French Connection early on. It won Best Picture in 71. Then he made The Exorcist, which was a big deal, in 73. And then this came out, 77. The funny thing about that is is that it opened the same weekend as Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Really? And got... Needless to say, overshadowed at the box office. Mm-hmm. People were talking about it, and people were kind of amped up about it at the time, from what I've read, but no one went to see it. It was just put into the dumpster, basically. And so it was a failure. Really? Mm-hmm. You know, everything was... Star Wars had been introduced to the world. That was a major deal. Yeah. And that was... You don't, you don't have a whole lot of money left over after mm-hmm. you've seen Star Wars four times to go see something else in the theater. Right. So Star Wars is around for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months and months. And Sorcerer gets canned after a week or two. And then it got forgotten for decades. And then it kind of got revived in the early 2000s and released in a special kind of newly uh, high-definition Blu-ray release like in 2004. Four or something. Really? Like that. Is that the version you watched? No, because no. I watched a real grainy, same VHS looking mm-hmm. ver- version of it, mm-hmm. and it made it fun. Yeah, no, no, this movie is very much like a very grimy movie. It's a product of its time, I think. <sighs> yeah, let me say, Friedkin does a great job with this movie. Um, there are moments when my palms were sweating in this yeah. movie. Well, and they're sweating the entire time. It's a really, it's one of those hot movies where you, mm-hmm. everything's like got this film on it of, of perspiration. It's it's it, a very it, damp movie. It doesn't feel like a big Hollywood movie, that's for sure. No, it does not. And Roy Scheider was coming off Jaws, Jaws. and things like that. Yeah. And I never have thought of him particularly as a great actor, but in this movie, he's really engrossing. He's really? very good in this he's movie. He's super committed to this role. I don't think I liked many other actors in this movie to say uh, to say the least I don't I thought the performance was eh but it wasn't really about that no not really it's about the overall experience it's it's and and, and it's it's about the tension and every 10 or 15 minutes they ratchet up the tension a little bit like and tighten the screws on it almost like your your orthodontist with your headgear when you're a kid you know, and it's just every 15 minutes it gets a little tighter and you get your palms get a little sweatier and you, you know what I mean? And you, yeah. you got to catch your breath. Yeah. Um, he doesn't hold back. Friedkin, it does not hold back th- in this movie. This movie's really well paced. It is. And when it gets to where it's going, I mean. It earns it. It does. It does. Uh, I got to say, you know, it, it hits you where you least expect it as far as expectations of will this character eventually meet their demise when they do some of them, you don't expect when it's going to happen. No, you don't. It comes at, at you out of nowhere. You know what this movie kind of reminded me a little bit of? Hmm. was just in the way that it unfolds. Um, Triple Frontier. I, I see what you mean. I do. Yeah. Especially could, the back half of it. I could see Triple Frontier trying to connect with that era of movies. Exactly. That's what I was wondering is if, if they had sorcerer in mind a little bit in the back of their mind a little J- bit. J.C. Shandor probably did have he probably at his heart wants to make a movie with this kind of you know mm-hmm. uh, slow burn uh, slow burn high stakes yeah but in the end it's it's a modern day Netflix movie so they have to yeah. meet certain demands yeah and that movie has a troubling mix of that yeah uh, yeah th- I just I applaud this film for for being a real hair puller, you know. It's it's mm-hmm. the tension. Is, it's not perfect, but it is really good. Yeah, absolutely. Would you give it four? Same yeah. here. It's a yeah. four star movie. It's yeah. a really good example of a four star movie. Absolutely, awesome, awesome. Well, um, I had the pleasure of renting Lone Star um, last night on Amazon. You're in. You, this is your introduction to sales, right? I've never seen anything by by him until cool. last night. So. <clears throat> Lone Star uh, is very interesting. It's starring Chris Cooper, Elizabeth Pena, Matthew McConaughey, and a, and a, and a slew of others. Um, so Chris Cooper plays the sheriff in town. Um, his daddy was the sheriff, um, as we find from a lot of really interestingly uh, uh, staged flashbacks, that um, his daddy ran the other, the old sheriff out of town, uh, played by Chris Christopherson. Um and he seems to be a town hero, 
but the more that Chris Cooper learns about his father, um, he starts to question whether or not he was a hero and whether he might have done something a little more sinister. Um, and, and without giving too much away, um, that, that's all I'll really say as mm-hmm. far as the backstory goes. Um, the only other thing that you probably need to know is that it, it takes place in a a town that has a military base very, very nearby. So there's there's a little bit of a, of a side story with that. And then um, the, this is a border town right near the, um, the Mexican-Texan border. Um, so there's a very big uh, Mexican population in the town. Um, one of the residents being um, his ex-girlfriend uh, uh, when he, from when he was younger, played by Elizabeth Pena, who is a school teacher now. And her mother is a very successful restaurant owner in the town. Um, uh, so I think that pretty much catches you up. Um, what impressed me so much about this movie um, is how well directed it is. I'm glad you think so. It is really well shot. Mm-hmm. Um, just the 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 shot selection, the camera movement, the way it's lit, the way he chooses to do the the edits on the 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 flashbacks. Where someone's telling a story mm-hmm. and the camera will just kind of pan away a little bit mm-hmm. as they're telling the story, and you're transported to another part of the room in which uh, um, the all of a sudden you're 40 years ago. Um, I just I, it's this movie looks really really great, and one of the things that helps it look really really great is these actors are fantastic. I would say so. So, yes. w- speaking of, what's the name? Uh, we 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 started to discuss him earlier. What's the name of the guy that was one of the scientists in Terminator Two? Joe Morton. Joe Morton plays a military colonel. Yes. Uh, in this, um, uh, uh, whose father owns a bar in mm. the town, and he's he's come back to work on the base. Um, he's he's tremendous in this movie. I believe so too, and he's he's, he's a longtime sales veteran. Is he? Mm-hmm. See, I, this will make me want to watch more sales and watch more of Joe Morton as well, because the, he's excellent. In this. One of the things I love about John Sales, and you get this from this movie in a nutshell, is that he he's very very the humanity of him. Mm-hmm. He's he's very focused on the the big picture and the you know the racial struggles of stories like this. Yeah, that one of the biggest things that took that that took me away uh, with this film was how progressive this movie is. It's from 1996, and it is discussing gentrification and race relations and immigration mm-hmm. and. Uh, police corruption at the prison industrial complex um, uh, uh, policing for profit all of these things uh, many of which most of which are hot button issues today true you know 20 something years later um, I, I just was was shocked by how progressive it was and how um, it, it deals with these things in very adult terms. Um, this is not a movie for for even for, definitely not for kids, but not even for teenagers. This is a very adult movie. It's true. Yes. Um, and uh, man, I, I was shocked by how well written um, and how relevant the subject matter is. Glad to hear you say that. Um, Elizabeth Pena is she's terrific, terrific in this movie. Um, there's the, her her character is so interesting, mm-hmm. um, and her scenes with Chris Cooper are mm. really really especially solid. when you really figure out how they're linked yeah. later on. Without giving anything away, um, the more you learn about these their their characters, um, really makes the performances that much more uh, uh, gut kind of like a gut punch. You know, mm-hmm. the the more the performances really knock you out um, a, as the movie goes along. Man, they're both really, really good in it. Matthew McConaughey is really not in this movie very no, much. No, he's not. He's advertised because that's the way to do it. Yeah. When you look this movie up on a streaming service, he's the first face you'll see. <laughs> yeah, he's really only in and a I get why. few scenes. And he looks so young. Whew, he's a baby. He just came off God. of Days of Confused. You know? He looks so young. Just just came off of Angels in the Outfield. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and he's sweaty the entire time. His skin is so perfect, not a wrinkle, not a blemish. He looks glossy. Yeah, he lo- he looks he looks photoshopped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but he, yeah, he's not really in it very much. This is Chris Cooper's vehicle. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of other um, you know supporting characters that are excellent. I mean, small supporting characters. There's a guy that he goes to Mexico to talk to who runs like a tire mm-hmm. uh, store or, or company. Uh, in Mexico, and it's just this guy is in one scene, and it's just so that this guy can tell him some story. Um, and the one scene that this guy is in, he's absolutely phenomenal in. And there's a lot of performances like that where some of these people will only be in a, a scene or two, mm-hmm. and they're all terrific. This is an expertly acted film. Sales has a way of connecting in that way, and, and he focuses. He sees minor characters as as important characters too, mm-hmm. which is which you can really tell. Can really tell um, the the mystery that unfolds is is paced really really well, so it keeps you engaged the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mystery is there's there's more than one mystery going on in there this is. film. A, a, actually, as it turns out, there's multiple mysteries, and and the way that this thing pans out is just. It's really, really satisfying by the end of it. I just felt like this is the perfect way to get you started with him. Hey, I am I am 100% sold. I'll tell you what, this is a near-perfect film. I agree. So much so, and I know that this was a down year. 1996 wasn't a terrific year. Um, this thing skyrocketed all the way to number two of the year on my list. What's funny is that Frances McDormand, that was the year of Fargo, she's also in this Which movie. is my number one. She's also in this Again, movie. Again, <laughs> she's in one scene, and she is in incredible she is in this scene as chris cooper's ex-wife or ex-girlfriend um who is who has some serious mental problems and is obsessed with football Mm -hmm. any any kind of (laughs) texas team she's wearing a cowboys jersey and a houston oilers hat at the same time and there's an aggie's like blanket sitting on a chair (laughs) (laughs) it is a batshit performance yes she's so committed it's so funny because you know, uh, she did the the very impressive Minnesota accent in Fargo, mm-hmm. and then here she's doing this very impressive Texan in the same accent. year. In the same year, it's <laughs> it, sh- that that was her year, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are my, now my number one and two films of of that year. This movie is fantastic. I'm it's glad. almost as good as Fargo. I'm really glad you loved it. Yeah, I love this. Four I'm and, and a half. Four and a half. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, it, it's probably four and three quarters. It's this amazing. is so close to perfect. It, when you start to think of flaws, it's hard to think of any. The score. I, well, I, I yeah, don't, I don't, it's got I'm that, 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 that harmonica that, stuff. It's got that, that like electric guitar, like get it. Oh, Steve Vai thing going on. And that's I, a product of the 90s. It's a very 90s thing. If you had lifted that score out of it and had no score at all in the entire movie, this thing would shine. It's so, a great yeah. film. Uh, regardless, I, I think it's a terrific movie. It's, it's a great film. Yeah. Um, I am very, very glad you gave this to me. Well, I'm very, very glad you well, loved it. Um, speaking of the throwbacks, this is usually where we would um, issue our new throwbacks. Mm-hmm. But we have a bit of a, of a twist. Why don't you tell our listeners about the twist this week? We received an email demand. <laughs> I was going to say request, but it is a demand. It's a flat-out demand from Jess Husick, my girlfriend. She writes... Enough messing around. It's time to spend some time with one of the greatest actors of our generation, Benny Affleck. She goes on to say, don't believe me? Give these two a toss. The Accountant and The Town. Is that that the end of the message? And then it says, love you. (laughs) Fair enough. Anyway, so the way we chose who watches what is... Let me me say this. When when Andy sent me this this note <laughs> this note about, about this email, uh, my immediate response to him was, "I got dibs on the town," because <laughs> that's two reasons. Um, I actually like the town, um, and I have absolutely no desire to see the accountant. I don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, <laughs> um, I've already seen the town, and I've not seen the accountant, and I've seen both. So. Um, I guess I, I have to watch The Accountant. You have to. So Andy is going to take The Town. <laughs> and I haven't seen it since it came out, so I'll, it'll be a good uh, revisit. I saw it. My ex-girlfriend was living in Chicago, and um, she lived like right down the block from this little like rundown-looking movie theater. Um, and we would sneak like vodka into the theater and sit in the back <laughs> and just bring our own booze to the theater because we could walk back to her apartment. 
And I watched it in this shitty little theater in Chicago, uh, just with like drinking vodka straight out of the bottle, the two of us. <laughs> um, and I had a blast with that movie. I, I actually really enjoyed it. I think I gave it four stars. Is it the last time you've seen it? That's the one and only time I've seen it. Okay. So I was looking. So I might still watch it, but I you should definitely don't want to watch the account because I just watched the accountant last night. Well, because guess who had it on? Oh, goodness, on TNT, no less. <laughs> Because cause the, the NBA playoffs aren't on, so you might as well... She calls it a thrill. God. We'll find out if it was a thrill next time. Oh, my goodness. So those are our throwbacks. <laughs> next week, uh, Andy will be discussing the town, and I will try to put make some sense of the accountant. Oh, you're going to do it. So... Well, that's our show for today. Remember to subscribe to the Film Harmonic on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review and a generous rating if you're so inclined. Uh, also, um, you can send us suggestions for the Throwback Challenge, much like Jess just did, to the Filmharmonic at gmail.com. Uh, do that, and we will review whatever you are forcing us to, to review on the show uh, eventually, probably rather soon. Um, join us on the next episode when we will have a Tilda Swinton themed episode of sorts as we'll review both The Souvenir in which she co-stars with her daughter Honor Swinton Byrne and The Dead Don't Die in which she co-stars with literally everyone else everyone plus we'll have a Tilda centric pick six of her best six best career performances and we'll have our court ordered listener mandated throwback challenges from Jess of two Ben Affleck movies we never thought we'd see again. All that and more on the next episode. Andy, do you have any closing remarks? Well, I was just thinking, does O'Shea Jackson Jr. qualify as a rapper turned actor? Probably not, right? Does he rap? His dad's Ice Cube, did he ever rap? I don't, I don't know, know if he's ever rapped. Um, also, <laughs> another thing to bring up was did you know that Idris Elba was a rapper? No, but I knew he just recently directed a movie that involves music of some really? sort. Well, it's on Netflix. It's some like DJ EDM movie that Ugh. he stars and directs in, and he's a DJ in it. Really? I did not know he rapped. Well, apparently he was like a British rapper. Um, Do we need to redo the list? That's that's what I, I was I was kind of researching other people's lists online, mm. and he was at number one on one of these lists. Hmm. And apparently he was a really good rapper. Well, well. he would have been on mine. I know. Had but, I known this. But we're Americans and we don't listen to British rap. Boot him off. Get him yep, out of here. Never mind. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. All right. Well, we will catch you guys next week. Until then, we'll see you next time on the Film Harmonic. Bye-bye. I waited outside. I took it remote. I wanted a bed Tell the story or it goes Tell the story or it goes Full time you talk your money up While it's living in a coal mine Skeet Allrich. Is it Allrich or Allrich? I think either pronunciation, Skeet will accept. Okay, just Skeet. Just Skeet. Skeet, Skeet. No, you can't say it twice, then it's jism. Shit.